Ready? Uh, Phil, that was uh, Jason Gardner. It was uh, <clears throat> excellent for me because uh, I am much less fami familiar than you are with the publishing end of, of this, of things, of books, and uh, especially in this realm of contemporary spirituality. Uh, he's been at it for 25 years, and I think they, they serve a, um, a wonderful, uh, you know, they fill a gap because not everybody wants to go with an enormous publisher. It was interesting, the story he told about Deepak, and how maybe part of the reason Deepak did that was to keep his uh, big publisher on, on, uh, on their toes. Well, no, it, it also, the idea came from an editor, you right. know, and, and so um, he probably, knowing the publishing world as I do, he may have had um, an agreement. He was being published by Harmony, which was Division of Random House. And so um, it's possible he had an obligation to show, you know, to publish his next book with them but they allowed him to go, you know, publish this little book with a, <laughs> an unknown publisher that ended up selling millions of copies. Uh, but, you know, the, there are advantages and disadvantages to the big publishing houses, but it's right. changed a lot. You know, my, my early books, most of my books have been with uh, major publishers, but a lot of the uh, publishing houses I published with are now owned by one big company. And, uh, you know, I published a few books with Jeremy Tarcher uh, when he was an independent, small independent California publisher like New World was. And then he was acquired by <laughs> companies that are now Penguin Random House and uh, things change. And, uh, but it, with respect to spirituality, back in the 70s, um, this kind of non-conventional spirituality that people called New Age back then, there were some publishers who took a risk or two. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, um, it took companies like Jeremy Tarcher and New World and a few other small co companies to demonstrate there was- um, Phil, let, let, what, 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 what was the first uh, book to be a breakthrough book in that category, where they started taking it seriously? One that I can think of it, and it put Jeremy's little publishing house on the map was The Aquarian Conspiracy. What year was that? Marilyn Ferguson. Probably late seventies. But like, did 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 uh, be here now? Was that a big seller back then? Yes, because of who Ramdas was. But and that was an independent house. You know, that was um, I forget what it was even called. But mm -hmm. you know, and that was sixty. <laughs> you know, that was early seventies. But it was because Ramdas was a famous figure, and and he decided, you know, for whatever reason, he was going to publish it with this. I think the publishing house was created just to publish uh, Be Here Now. Um, so books like that, you're right. Um, and, and several other breakthroughs demonstrated that there was a market for this. And then Bantam, huge, you know, Bantam Publishing created an imprint called New Age Press, New Age something or other, New Age Books. And they, uh, in a sense, co-opted a lot of uh, you know, 
authors that would have gone with smaller publishers because they had <clears throat> obviously uh, Jason and folks from his generation, which would be the next generation after ours, uh, don't especially in publishing don't like the term new age because first of all, it's I, hate, new I always hated it. Yeah, and and what was <laughs> I, I, I always find I'd like to find out the, its origins because I always felt like it was a put down. You know, it was okay. It was it's used that way. Sort of, I've even used it in that way. Yeah, it's yeah. new age. You new know, jumbo. But it, it, to categories are everything in, in that way is uh, was never right. And uh, so he, they, they are moving away from that. I think it began as, you know, a self-description by people right. involved in that world. And there were a lot of, you know, back in the uh, late 70s and into the 80s, people like uh, Deepak and Wayne Dyer and... Uh, you know, others had huge, they were very popular, had big selling books. And then a lot of um, sort of fringy topics crept in, channeling and, um, and uh, you know, crystals and all this other stuff. And that came to be associated right. with what was it, was it a new age of right. spirituality. It became... Uh, an object of satire. Right. I, I, a question for you, Phil, uh, uh, related to publishing uh, in, in this in this realm. Uh, was it back in the day? Was it the Whole Earth Catalog? Yeah, and remember they that. They do any publishing of books? They were big. They, everybody had that Whole Earth. You could order stuff. It was before <laughs> yeah. the internet, and it had everything that would appeal to uh, people that were more progressive, or even you might have categorized as back then and uh but i wonder did they publish any books i don't remember but you know that it even then even like early 70s you one could self-publish you could create a little publishing house uh there were a lot of little ones like 10 10 speed press i remember and, and mm -hmm. others um so it was possible now, of course, you know, anybody can publish a book, but even then, small publishers sometimes just took a risk, raised some money, and they had a breakthrough. That's how New World started on the website. If you look at New World's uh, uh, history, you know, it started as, you know, some a few bucks out of pocket. And I think it said something like their total revenues the first year was 800 bucks. Wow, and you know, and so, that was a good then, year. Then you you might have a breakthrough, like right, they right. had Shakti Gawain's creative visualization. While, while we were on this, while we are on the subject, are you working on a book, or do you have anything coming out soon? Um, I'm working on a, a number of nonfiction things at the same time, nursing them into shape. But I've been working on on my long-awaited novel, long. Long-awaited. Tell us meaning, anything about it. Long-awaited, meaning I, I've been waiting more than twenty years to work on it. So well, I'll start waiting and, for it now. And a few members of my family have been long-awaiting my uh, doing it. Um, it's a sequel to the novel that I published in the early '90s with Valentine that five or six people uh, have read, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's deeply personal. And it's set in 1969, and it has uh, it's uh, has. You I'm, I'm okay mentioning it? it here only because um, it's it's a you know it's a, a work of fiction, but it's deeply right. personal, and it's 
has a strong uh, spiritual current that runs we, through it. We look forward to it, and it'll certainly be a topic on the show. And will you have me on as a guest when it comes out? That we could probably work that out. Okay. It's, uh, it'll <clears throat> self exploration will be part of it because you'll be one of the interviewers as well as an interviewee. Uh, so we have, um, we are now a YouTube channel. So if you're listening to us on a podcast, great. Please subscribe. Doesn't cost anything. If you're listening to us on the YouTube channel, please subscribe. Uh, and doesn't cost anything. And uh, if you want to find us on uh, the YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and uh, under search, put in three words, Spirit Matters Talk. Uh, also want to thank everybody uh, who has contributed to help keep us on the air. And if anybody would like to do that on a regular basis, on a one-time basis, we would greatly appreciate it. We're not a nonprofit, so it's not a donation, but uh, it, it keeps us afloat. And our goal is to always be available free and available to everyone. We have about 300, close to 300 shows in the archives now. We've had some fantastic guests and we have some great guests coming up. So Phil, till next time. All right, next time. Bye. <laughs>